Howdy, 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 neighborinos. <laughs> it's been a while since I've said that. Yeah, you you don't even remember what it is. Yeah, like what does that even mean? Howdy ho, neighborinos. There we go. Hey. It came back that quick. I mean, like riding a bike. Yeah. Got to get back on sometimes. Just go. Man, it's been three months, Kevin, since we have let's, let's done not talk a about podcast. It. Yeah, we, we've been really, really bad, but. We're trying to redeem ourselves. Yes. See, and this is the great thing about a Christian podcast, okay? Because the gospel's all about restoration, redemption, you know, like renewal. Yeah. So, I mean, technically... Some, some of us need a little bit more of that than others. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping... Te- technically, like, by taking three months... And being degenerates, we have reinforced the gospel message. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> what a way to spin it. <laughs> this is how you pivot. This is how you pivot. That's right. Well, hey, it's uh, it's really good to be back here on the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. I am Nate, and I'm joined here this crisp Saturday morning with Kevin. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's been been a long time. I know. And, you know, I feel like since the podcast, you know, we haven't been meeting regularly, like our friendship has suffered, really. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't going to go that far, but <laughs> I mean, yes, it has. It has suffered <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> Guess we're not friends anymore. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Um, can't wait to to talk about the topic today. Yeah. Um, we're going to just kind of learn a little bit about your trip to Israel, Kevin. Yeah. And of course, uh, Brian and your father and I think your sister yes. went with you as well. And, and Chris Osborne, some other people. So Mike Hodson, yep. um, pretty solid group of human beings there. Um, all you guys took a trip to Israel, learned a lot. I'm, I'm guessing. And yes, it was, it was, it was phenomenal trip. It, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, but, my wife sent me a text yesterday, I think it was, and said she saw Mike Hodson out and about and went up to him and gave him a big hug and said, the connection that we have now is, can't explain it with words, you know, just being able to spend that time spiritually, you know, I mean, essentially that's what it was, is just a a focus on Christ for 10 days, just, yeah. and doing it together you know, as a group, really, I mean, you're, 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 the only thing you don't do is sleep together, you know, I mean, that's it, you're together on a bus or out of sight the rest of the time, and and it really was special, the whole group, there were some people from Peebles and Cincinnati, and uh, there was even a lady from Florida that has some connections to the Peebles community that, um, she's great, and just, it was, it was a great trip, it was wonderful. Those trips really force you, whether you want a new perspective on, life or places or people, it forces you to get a new perspective really quick when you spend that much time with people. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, I got a lot of questions. I hope you're ready. I, dude, bring them on. Let's awesome. go. Let's do it. Before we get there, we're going to talk about a few other things. Um, Kevin, what about uh, the sermon series that we are yeah. currently on? So we started uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Scott kicked it off and then uh, even the destiny rescue Chris Russell came in and and spoke and 
And he and, was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's sorry. Go ahead. Dude, that, that honestly, that subject of sex trafficking and, you know, that, that whole, that whole thing absolutely deserves its, its own podcast. So like we can, we can, you know, point people to it, you know, with what we're saying and doing right now, but that, that honestly deserves its own thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've talked about it before. We have with uh, with Cody and all his, his but that was more of a philosophical, right? I mean, Destiny Rescue is is doing. They're actually doing things, and there are ways for people to get involved in rescuing children from sex trafficking. You know, specifically, and I think that's where. You know, even you know, talking about the series, like that, the whole the whole idea of this series is to be a family to those without a family. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we're pushing, that's what we're promoting, and it's this idea of you know what, like the first part that we started a year ago in this series of helping families win was, hey, listen, like first and foremost, you have to get your relationship with God right. You need to be right with God, like that's central to any kind of life giving anything coming out of you you must first be overflowing with the joy and love of Christ and, and the grace of Jesus you know first it flows out of that and then once that's there then we begin to invest in those relationships with the people around us small groups our families our friends you know all that stuff like that's where that that second tier of that and then this last part is okay now that those two pieces are in place now let's begin to go out as a church into the arena of our life and and begin to bless encourage serve and love people one person at a time you know and that's you know the, even going into this week like that's the big that's the big push hey listen it's not go start or do this elaborate ministry that just blows up and gets all over the interweb and you know all this stuff like you know it's it's not that what it is is you going out and saying hey listen I'm going to invest in this person encourage and love them and demonstrate and show them the love of Christ and when I do one life changes but then they go and change a life and they go and change a life. I mean, it's that's what it's all about. That's what the church is all about. And that's that whole idea of I use the weak things in this world to shame the strong. I mean, that's what that's what Jesus has always done. You know, he didn't come as this, you know, rich and powerful ruler. He came as, you know, someone lowly and insignificant in the world's eyes and changed everything. And and so that's that's how we go about ministry. I mean and I think we just think about it too much. We we try to make it too complicated. It's not. It's as easy as just going out and just serving God every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Just being uh being that reflection of Christ when, you know, there's not too many uh too many other mirrors around if you right. will. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about this this part of the sermon series um just because I think you know, living in Leesburg, Greenfield, just Highland County in general, I think a lot of us, if there is a big fault for a lot of us here who live in this area, myself included, we get stuck in these bubbles. Yeah. And I mean, and the thing is that with these bubbles that we get stuck in, there's still pain and suffering all around us. 
And a lot of us just, sometimes we don't see it, you know, willingly. Sometimes we like to turn a blind eye to it, but, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to be challenged by this series. I think Chris Russell kind of lit that spark. Oh my! Uh, under me, definitely. So let me let me ask you, like, so from a small group standpoint, how do you feel like small group stuff's been going? Like, as you guys have been discussing this stuff and kind of looking into, you know, you know, whatever else, like, like, how do you feel like that's been? Sure. So we, my small group met a couple weeks ago. We didn't meet last week because a lot of us had some things going on. Um, but we, we have talked about ways in which we need to go forth and be seen, um, as followers of Christ, bringing in people. Um, so, you know, I've, I don't want to call it a challenge to my small group, but I did kind of challenge the small group that I'm a part of a little bit a couple weeks ago and just said, hey, guys, like we all have, you know, th- there's not one person in here who doesn't make enough money to where we couldn't donate to this thing. But let's go one step farther than that. You know, there there's a lot of us don't have a lot of time, but let's make that time to where we're not only donating that money, but we're donating that time that God has given us graciously um, to try and do something out of our comfort zones, to get out of that comfort zone matrix that we're all just stuck in. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, it was kind of a corny analogy, but I kind of use the movie, the matrix, you know, we're, we're all just kind of these little, these little balls of energy that are just, you know, the, the world is using, in the wrong way. And we're kind of stuck in that, I guess, I don't want to say mindless, um, mindless rut, but we are stuck in a rut. Well, we, I and mean, if we break out of it, we'll see just how much life there is on the outside. That's true. I, yeah, I agree. And I think that is a good analogy because too often, like we just stay in our own little bubble as you called it and, and don't step out in because it's, it takes commitment, it takes effort, it takes energy, it takes time, and it's just easier to get wrapped up in our own stuff and yeah. and, and forget, yeah. you know, that it's, no, the most important thing we can do is serve and love other people. Absolutely. Yeah, so, but but anyway, that's that's just kind of the, the challenge I gave my small group. I um, I know talking with Jared, he they've kind of presented um, some similarities there, and I know in our text group that we have with some of the small group leaders, we've tried to, well, Scott mainly, Scott Duncan has, has mainly tried to come up with some really good ways to step out of our comfort zones yeah. and go forth. What are you guys doing? What project are you going to do? We're going to discuss that tomorrow when we yeah. see each other again. I didn't want to, I'm weird about discussing that stuff over text. I like to meet face to face, I yeah. guess, but um, yeah, we'll discuss it then, I guess, and try to figure out what we think would be best and where our God-given abilities of And I think, you know, can you know the, the, the thing that about this that I think is mo- like really important is that this becomes something that we incorporate into our groups like as we meet all the time. Where can we, where can we find opportunities to serve? Like that's not always going to be the focus. Like the focus is definitely building relationships, encouraging, loving, and and discipling one another. But at the end of the day, like part of discipleship is learning how to serve and love other people. And so that 
I, you know, there's those opportunities and I, you know, just even if you're a listener and you don't go to LCC and, and, and you're out there, I mean, it's, again, it's as simple as one person at a time, you know, who is God laying on your heart? I had a young lady come into my office the other day, you know, she's like, Hey, listen, you know, I want to share the gospel with somebody, you know, give me an opportunity. I'm like, listen, I don't have to give you anything. Like the Lord is already laying people on your heart. And sometimes we just don't want to listen. Like sometimes we don't want to hear it. Sometimes we want to do it because of what it will cost us, what, what we have to risk. I said, but he already is like, the Holy Spirit is 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 working these things out, and all we got to be, all we have to be willing to do is open ourselves up to hearing Him, and then saying yes and going after it. And as we do that, you know, watch out; it's not going to be easy. Yeah, not always going to be fun, but it will be fulfilling. You right. know, it will be real life, life and life giving. Yeah, um, that what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, and you just reiterated kind of the progression of your sermon series. You know. It all has to start with your relationship first, right? Yeah. And then you go forth from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's good, it's good stuff. I'm looking forward to to seeing where it can go. So, um, so yeah. What about some news, Kevin? What oh. has happened in the past three months? Probably nothing. Nothing. I mean, really. Not much. Um, no spy balloons or <laughs> no chemical isn't spills it amazing <laughs> chemical what chemical spills or <laughs> just nothing nothing's happened in the past three months isn't it amazing how like this stuff like flashes it's like a big deal and then it goes away and you're on I know next right thing. isn't that crazy <laughs> I mean because like the spy balloon like you say it, and I'm like oh crap that like happened like a week ago or something <laughs> like you know it wasn't really that soon but yeah but, I mean but Still, yeah, we're on the brink of World War Three and banks collapsing left and right, and <laughs> it's been a great three months. It's I been mean, a great three months. Golly, yeah, but hey, we're still here. We're still smiling. God's blessing us. Yes, can't complain too much, right? No, I. Life goes on. Yeah. So, so what do you? I mean, so do have some of the events in the news or anything like that? Have you felt that that has dragged you down in your faith or in your relationships or just your basic psychology the past three months? You know, what, what has that done anything to you? If so, have you broken out of that rut? Are you still in that rut? Like, I, let's talk or about it. Do you it, have man. a, do you have a, uh, um, I mean, do you have thoughts on this personally? Like, I mean, I, I do, <clears throat> and, I, and, I, and I've got thoughts, but I'm just thinking that sounds like maybe like something personal for you. Like, hey, listen, like this has been kind of a drag. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think anyone who watches the news can, can tell you like, man, I do not feel good watching the news, yeah. especially the last few months. Yeah. It just one thing to the next and... You know, it's no matter if you watch Fox News or CNN or NBC or ABC or anything under the sun, like there just hasn't, there's been just this big spectrum of everything in the world being it, thrown at you. It's just, it's kind of, it does drag you down a little bit. It makes me wonder how much, like how invested we should get. And and this is maybe controversial because I think some I would really tick some people off, you know, just even bringing that question up. Because, no, I, I know exactly what you mean by that. But, uh, you know, it, we only have so much energy and time and effort and emotional, you know, 
emotion to give to to every part of our life and you know if we invest in thinking about these things too much i think it i think it i think it's problematic and i think it keeps you sucked in again to to the things that aren't necessarily going to be edifying and and are going to be a blessing to other people and i think we have to consider that because if our energy's tied up in these things then how are we doing the things that we just spent the last five minutes talking about, you know, and, and investing and loving other people. And, I, you know, I can I can sit here and I have an opinion on all those issues. I have an opinion on, you know, everything that, that is going on right now. But at the end of the day, like, I can't really influence it outside of how I vote. I mean, I'm not going to get on Twitter and just start tweeting all this stuff. I'm not going to get on social media and start, you know, writing up all this stuff. I'm not a whistleblower. I'm not a, you know, those 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 aren't going to be the things I'm going to invest my time in. It's not very lucrative, you know, at least from my standpoint to do those things. And so, like, the things that I focus on are going to be, you know, my business. They're going to be the church. They're going to be my family. They're going to be my friends. They're going to be, you know, the relationships that I have. And, and I think while... These issues definitely can filter into that if the focus of what I'm doing is Christ and his glory and, you know, going after the mission that he's given me in my life, then some of that stuff like just is a, is a non-issue. Like it's just, I gotta, I don't, it's not, I can't put. I can't put energy into it, you know, I guess is maybe how I would answer that. And so, yes, I have felt, you know, the pressure and the stress of, of some of those things. I think especially, you know, we talk about some of these banks collapsing, you know, we talk about, you know, weather when we talk, I mean, just last night I just, I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, man, what's the weather going to be like? Are we going to be able to produce a crop? Are we going to, you know, I'm already thinking about those things, you know, and it's not even time yet, Yeah. but it's, it's already coming up because it directly influences me. And I had a friend tell me the other day, he's like, you know what? Crazy thing is the Lord's taking care of you this far. You know, what? why would he give up now? And and that's ultimately, I think, you know, the, the mentality that we have to have in this is like, stay focused on what we can change and what we can, what we can do and stop worrying about the noise, you know? This, it seems like everything we're seeing is just it's all about creating more division, you know, and and that's the thing that scares me more than anything is like because it's hard not to believe some of the things that divide us and some because we're seeing the extremes of these two sides and and as we see these extremes when it comes to, you know, liberals and and their political beliefs or race and all the things going on. I mean, you know what's coming up in my feed all the time? Like black people beating up white people. How is that not divisive and creating a greater divide in 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 race? You know, and and how we, you know, people getting on and saying, you know what, stay away from black people because they hate you. You know, I mean, this is the type of stuff that's you know it's being put out there. Yeah, this is the type of stuff we're seeing, and it's like, golly sakes, yes, more, more. maybe there's legitimacy to it. To I mean, maybe there is. I'm not saying there is absolutely. Maybe there is, but at the end of the day, like even if there is, like what? What what good is it doing us? You know, all it is is division, and that's what the enemy wants, and that's the thing like that we've got to understand. Like, what is what is the tactic? What is what is the 
What is the weapon of the enemy? Well, if he can divide, then he can conquer. But as we unite, (laughs) he can't. Right. And so what are we going to do? Are we going to allow petty things to get in between, you know, the love and grace and mercy that we should show each other? Or are we going to let him divide us and break us up and conquer us one by one? Because the enemy can if we're divided. The devil is more poisonous than anything you'll find in East Palestine right now. That's absolutely true. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I was just playing devil's advocate there. Yeah. Because we we usually do that news segment, but I was like, man, I don't even know where to start. I know. Here you go, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah. Toss it out there. My goodness. Like, you know, I I, like to say some of the things you said, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was like last week and we've moved on to... You know, now we're moving it, on to was COVID a lab leak or is it <laughs> raccoon dogs? Like that's <laughs> it's just one thing after the raccoon dogs. Absolutely, yeah. It's funny, a it's a rabbit stuff. hole. It is. It's 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 a funny rabbit hole. <laughs> but no, you you hit the nail on the head once again. You you go back to is your relationship with Christ strong? Is it there? Is it present? And if it is, nothing else really matters, no. man. Yep. So. Well said. Yeah, I was just playing devil's advocate there. And you... No, good. No, I. I mean, it's stuffed. I mean, it just shows all the issues out there that like we need to talk about because you know I. I was. I mean, it's funny that you asked that question. I here recently I was feeling the pressure of that. You know, just as I'm reading through stuff and it's just it goes from bad to worse. Yeah. You know, you sit here and think to yourself, how can you not get wrapped up in like, this is like the end. And I'm not talking like Armageddon, you know, the end of the world type stuff. I mean, you know, maybe Jesus comes back, but, but maybe not, but it, it feels like, it feels like in so many ways, all the things that we said kind of about the U S in the last few times that we've talked about elections over the, over the last couple of years, there's no coming back from from the place that we are as a nation, but is that okay? And and here's what it 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 sucks, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not in 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 America we trust; it's in God we trust. Period. And and so, if we become a third world country, Jesus still reigns. If we lose so everything it. and all we're doing is fighting to survive each day. Jesus still reigns, and as long as we're focused on him, like, this is not what we're living for. You know, as as much as we get caught up in the American dream of creating, you know, success in our lives and what the world says is success, like, that has never been satisfying to me. It's always been in the journey. It's always been in the work. It's always been in building something and 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 whether it's here at the church and building, you know, uh, you know, a foundation and something that has strength and value, or, or on the farm, or in my family, or in my kids, or in the ball team that I coach, that's always been the most fulfilling part of what I do. Not when I get there and I get to reap the benefits of everything that I've built up to that point. That never satisfied. That always yeah. is like, it's always well, now a what's big next? Letdown. Yeah, yeah. It's not as good as what you dreamt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's just keep fighting for what we know is right and good and go after that and stop worrying about, you know, what's going to happen around us and the things that we can't control because the reality is, like, we can't. But God is in control. Man, I'm talking myself into this. I just want you to know, like, you know. No, no, it's, it's, it's convicting, man. It's convicting. Yeah, good stuff. We'll we'll talk about this more. We we need to. Sounds like it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, yeah, it does. It does. No, we'll we'll come back to that. Good uh, good thoughts, Kevin. So, all right, um, Kevin, let's talk about Israel, man. Okay. Yeah. So once again, you, your wife, Brian, your father, sister, Chris Osborne, Mike Hodson. Is there anyone else I was missing from our church at least? Um, Christy. Uh, oh, yes. Chris's wife. Yep. She went. Um, but from our church, that was it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you guys went on two week trip. It was, was essentially it? the sixteenth through the twenty sixth. Okay. So ten days, February. but that includes flight time. Gotcha. And we gained seven hours going. So you know you you don't I mean you're it's a ten hour flight and you gain seven hours. Or three, go, three hour flight, man. Nice. No, well, maybe it's coming back. That's the way that it is. I can't remember. E- either way, it's you're making my brain explode. Yeah, I know. I know. I, th- I think so. It's there's seven hours ahead of us. Yes. So it would be you're on the flight for ten hours, but it's actually seventeen hours because so you lost on the way there. Yes, gained we on gained the on the way back. Right, right, right. There it is. Okay, now my brain's not smoking up anymore. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, oh, how am I going to explain this? I'm, I'm, my mind is not working right. I was in the same boat. So, yeah, and it was a long, you know, I feel like the flight out was, was kind of rough. The flight back was not as rough, but the flight out was pretty rough. And then when you get there, you're kind of, you know, kind of in a, you know, la-la land. Yeah, you're, you're, you're lagging, you're, you're, we get, we get there, we start going through all the custom stuff and, you know, you're scared kind of what you're going to go through there. You know, not because you have anything to worry about necessarily, but like, you just, you just don't want something to hold you up. Yeah, and, yeah. You want to make sure your luggage gets there, right. you know, all those things. And so we get there, we start unloading, and this awesome lady that was working for the group that we went with, um, EO Education Opportunities, um, was there, and she kind of got us through all the custom stuff. And Mike Hodson's really the only one that held us up. Like, it was Mikey just... <sighs> Mike... I mean, it was, we had trouble going, coming into Israel. We had trouble going out of Israel. Mike, (laughs) I mean, the Mossad. Mike, you're you're not supposed to carry guns with you. (laughs) Yeah, Mossad will get you. (laughs) These guys are relentless. So, but we got, they ran us through. We didn't have to do anything. And this lady ran us through every checkpoint. Like she goes up to the front line, says, "Hey, I got this group." Blah blah blah. She, they she probably run knows us right every through the guard side. by I, name. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. Like we didn't have to run our bags or anything. They didn't check anything. Like boom, boom, boom. We're in the bus. We're off to the hotel. Nice. And and you, and you flew into Tel Aviv. Yes, Tel okay. Aviv. So and we only spent, you know, ten minutes off the plane in Tel Aviv and. 10 minutes when we got on our plane to leave in Tel Aviv. I mean, that's the the amount of time we spent in Tel Aviv. Gotcha. Um, but on the plane ride from Cincinnati to Chicago, I meet someone from um, Dubai. Okay. That's where they are. That's where they work and stuff. And told him we were flying into Tel Aviv to go to Israel. And he's like, oh, best Latin dance scene in the world. And I'm like... What? <laughs> Sign me up. You know me. I love Latin dance. I mean, I you know, like, what do you what? Like, why Tel Aviv? Like, that makes no sense to me. But that's what he said. 
best wow. Latin de- dance scene in in the world, according to him. You know, I mean, I mean, Latin Latin derives from an area much closer to Israel than what we think of Latin America. That, so okay, yeah, if so hey. facto. Uh, I mean, Spain is you know right 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 around the corner there. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. But it just kind of like uh, really like would There's, not yeah. expect that. Yeah. So, but got there, jumped on a bus, introduced to Rami, uh, who was our um, bus guy the whole time. Awesome dude. I'll I'll tell some Rami stories, and then Mark Zeese, who was a professor uh, of mine at at Cincinnati Christian University, a friend, someone I've stayed in contact with, you know, over the years, um, went to Israel with him the year, I think it was 05, I graduated in 05, and I I believe it was that, the year before that, so the beginning of 05 that we went last time, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember exactly, Uh, but went to Got to go to Israel with him then, and then I, I just knew if I ever did a trip, I was going with him again. I mean, he is he yeah. is a gym man. I mean, I can't I can't say this enough. Like the amount of knowledge that he possesses, you know, because of for one thing, the amount of time he spent in Israel, uh, leading groups. Doing like the Jesus hikes and spending months there, just kind of going across the across the country, supporting the Christian church in that area and the things that he does there, and we can talk a little bit about that. To archaeological digs, and you know when we when I talk about some of the other places, you know just his insights into some of these places, phenomenal. The 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 people that he knew and the circles that he that he ran in and and just the conversations that he had with different people that that found some of these incredible things that we have today that that reinforce that the the bible is truth and that historically it can be proven true like just i think there are so many trips out there and this is what i would just you know caution anybody who's taking a trip there are so many people out there and mark you know has said this like to get a tour guide certificate whatever you need to be able to lead groups it's probably way too easy it's one class a week for a few hours for six weeks or something like that or or maybe longer and maybe a little bit longer than that but again like it's it's not enough time regardless just yeah. to, to, to understand like the nuance of of these places you're seeing and to be able to present oh, it in that's a way the most complicated part of the world yeah and, and so and probably always has been and it's too easy to kind of buy the lie that that gets presented in these sites and maybe even you know the the glorification of these specific places that are important to see and to understand but not to put them in a place where we worship these sites versus what happened at these sites and and who was at these sites. That's the most important thing. But like, well, I was I was going to ask you down the line, but I'll go ahead and ask you now. When you visited some of these sites, did it ever go through your head like holy crap, Jesus might have stepped on this pile of dirt that I just stepped on? How, how can it not? Right? But it's not just 
it's not, but it's not just like one particular place. It's, it's you look out the window, and yeah. and Jesus was probably on this road at one time. It's look out, you know, the window of the bus, and Jesus was was. I mean, there this thing, this miracle happened, like right in this area. Like mm-hmm. this part of his ministry was done in this. So it's constantly like you're constantly considering those things. You're constantly considering, you know. Even even the outside influences and the things that happen in some of the sites that Jesus was never talked about visiting, but you know, like they're like things happened here, like you know they did, even if it's not specifically recorded in the Bible, like things were happening here. Yeah. So like we take off the next morning after we, um, after we stay at the hotel, and and I'll just say like the food was good, was great. Like even the first night, you know, I mean. I had what, fish. What what kinds of food? So I had fish and chips the first first night, you know, and you know, there's the Mediterranean Sea's there, you know, the Sea of Galilee's there. They're you know they're not fishing that as much, but like they have all these fish, you know, farms and things. I mean, that's something. And Israel is fully uh, sustained by its own food production. It doesn't need anything coming in. Like it's. It's a land of makes it makes sense why they do that, right? I mean, when you think of Israel, okay, and you think of like what the terrain looks like, right? What do you think? Uh, desert, rock, not a whole lot of era, um, irrigation. Well, possibilities for irrigation, I should say, right? But you're thinking desert and rock, yeah, okay, essentially, yeah. Not even close. Yeah. There are it's actually absolute, very fertile, I'm sure. Yes, there are absolutely areas where I mean the Bible called it the wilderness. And so there are there are definitely areas of that. But you have all kinds of different areas, you know, within that small place. And and when I say small, I mean Israel's the size of the fourth largest state in the United States. Or the or the fourth smallest state in the United States. Yeah. So like it's not the smallest, but for a small state, that's how big the entirety of Israel, Palestine, all fit in that. Like it, it just, it's it's a really small place. It's amazing, yeah. But it, but it, but it has, it has desert. It has you know areas that are dependent on like the one or two rains that they get throughout the year. You know to feed the livestock. You know and mm-hmm. grass and things like that to produce. But then you go into like areas where it's very fertile, where they grow all kinds of fruits and nuts and and crops and I mean you name it you, you if if you can name it it's probably grown there somewhere I mean it's just all over the place and so we get out of Tel Aviv we go north we go up to Caesarea by the Sea which is a city that that Herod the Great or Herod the Baby Killer as Mark referred to him I mean multiple I mean because the guy he was nuts it, yeah he 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 did he did really good things from a from a economic Roman growth and even, you know, controlling the Jewish populations and even trying to appease them. I mean he he definitely thought of those things, but but we go to this place and and there he has a he has a castle that you can still kind of see the outline of and you can see kind of the, how elaborate, you know, his his home was there. And then you've got like a, a hippodrome um which is you're like like a theater that's like half and then you got the stage on the one end and it mm-hmm. opens up and it's still very much intact. 
They've got, you know, a, a, a arena like in Ben-Hur, you know, I can't remember the exact name of it, but they got one of those. Were there chariots with spikes? I mean, that there could have been very much be awesome. so. I've always wanted one. Well, they, I mean, you get to see the arena and then yeah. you see kind of how later on, later generations in the Byzantine time like came and they built on top of some of these areas and... And it's there, and it's all there. And then you go up, and you see kind of the Crusaders' castle and what they built later on top of the area because it was a harbor, and he built this great harbor to to really for Rome to have access to get into this land and to control it, really. Yeah. Um, and so that's like the first place you go, and you know that Paul, you know, when he was there standing before, you know, the leaders um, uh, of the time, you know. Uh, Herod uh, Agrippa and his wife and you know some other guys you, there's a place in, in the Bible where you and you can you can visualize this is probably where that happened where yeah. where before Paul was shipped off to Rome he was imprisoned in this place and he was brought before them and talked to them a few different times and then eventually says I you know I appeal to Caesar and that's where he went off you know to Rome to kind of the end of his life you know and so that all happened right there and then we go out from there we leave that spot and we go to Mount Carmel and I always say like and it was probably because the first time that I went to the site at Mount Carmel why that spot's so meaningful to me is because it's the first time you go up on this mountain, you go through like this this area that looks like, you know, kind of, you know, aspens and, you know, pine trees and all this stuff. And and you go up this hill, this mountain, you go up the top of it, and there's this uh there's this area kind of devoted to this to this site of, you know, um what happened when you know Elijah called down fire from heaven and and so we go up there on that site, we read that story, which is cool because you can just visualize, you know, on top of this mountain and you've got, you know, the, this, this river, or I guess a Creek is what we would call it. Cause everything there, you know, we living in this nation, it's hard not to visualize these grand things. It's not, right. it's not grand. Brian was telling me the Jordan river is essentially smaller than rattlesnake Creek. I mean, not necessarily, but at the same time, it's, I mean, in spots. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not, you, you could get across it. You could jump half the distance and swim the rest pretty easily, you know, but don't do that. Cause you'd get shot. Uh, cause that's like a dividing that's, line between yeah, Jordan sure, sure. and, <laughs> yeah, fair and Israel. Fair so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we have this grand idea of how big it is and it's just not, it's small. It's all right there together. I mean, you know, you, you take a short bus ride up and you're at Caesarea by the sea. You take a, another short bus ride and you're at Mount Carmel and there you can get on that mountain. You can look and you, you look out and there's a mountain and that's where, Jonathan and Saul died, you know, that's, that's where that last battle where they fought and they were both killed yeah. and you look down the middle of the Jezreel Valley. Cause that's what you're looking at is the Jezreel Valley. You look down the middle and that's where Gideon, you know, was called by God to lead his army, you know, and, and, and you look a little bit to the left and there's Nazareth right there sitting up on this hill and you're standing on the spot where Elijah called down fire from heaven. And, and you look down to your right and you see, you know, Megiddo, which is this, this place in the Bible that, you know, we get this idea of Armageddon and why. Not because 
of a literal Armageddon because you don't fight against God. You know, that, that doesn't happen. You know, that's a revelation talk and we can have that another time. But the reason like Megiddo is, is considered such an important part, you know, as far as, you know, what it represents in Armageddon is it's a place of war. You know, it was, it was a city built for war and, and it's just all sitting right there and you can see all these places just standing on this mountain and it just puts in perspective how close everything is, how small it is, but yet how meaningful every inch of every piece of dirt in that place is because of what it means to us in our faith historically from the Bible and it all happened right there, you know. It's just that Man. that part's really neat. Yeah, that that would pull a few thoughts through a person's head for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I mean, I'm I'm fairly familiar with Israel, its history from kind of a macro point of view. Like the micro bits, I don't I don't know about it a lot. Right. You have all these different cultural influences, all these groups of people that have you know claimed it from you know the beginning of time till now. Right. You have what you, you, you know, you mentioned Byzantium even had influence there. Yeah. Rome, um, Crusades, Babylonians, Persians, all these different groups and cultural influences. When you went there, what seemed to be kind of the most dominant, um, I guess, cultural, I don't know the word I'm looking for here, I guess, cultural influence on Israel I mean, that might be kind of a overly generalized question. It is, it is, but you know, it, it, it may be, maybe we can take it down to a level where we can understand a little more because it's, you know, just like in our, in our nation, you know, we're influenced by a lot of different cultures and a lot of different ways of life and a lot of different places and people and, and things like that. And at the end of the day, like, you know, you know, our identity and who we are, you know, comes down to a lot of those things, you know, and, and if we traced them back, like we can see that. And I, and I, you know, there's absolutely influences from, from all of that stuff, but probably, I mean, from an Israeli standpoint, you know, very, the, like the, the people of Israel the nation of Israel is heavily in, influenced by by its European roots. I mean, because it all goes back to at least modern Israel. Today's Israel mm-hmm. goes back to World War II when Jews are displaced all over the place and German, you know, Germany is, you know, fighting the world and 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 trying to, you know, exterminate the Jews. And so you have at the end of this war, when everything's said and done, this this group of people that don't have homes anymore, been taken out of their homes, and they've been put in these concentration camps everywhere, and they don't have anything. To, what, what do we do with these people? You know. And so, what they do at that time, Israel is Palestinian. I mean, that's it is it is that's who lives there. That's who you know. However loosely they controlled it, that's that's who's in control of that area, mm-hmm. and what what the powers that be at that time decided is we're going to move all the Jews back to Israel, we're going to give them this place, and what begins to happen is what what you see when the U.S. or when Americans 
first start to settle in the United States. You know, what, you know, we come over, we come in these boats, we meet these Indians. At first, it's very peaceful, it's very nice. But as, as white settlers begin to expand and move, what happens to the Indians? They move them into essentially these walled off, not, not literally, but, but these areas marked on a map that you can have this area, you can have that area. And what areas did they get? The crappiest areas you can think of. Yeah. They got the places that, that the American people at that time didn't want. And so this, that's what you see begin, you know, after world war two, the, the Israelite people were supported by these big governments, these big nations, they were given money, they were given support, you know, to, to expand and go. And, and so they begin to do that and they begin to move these Palestinian people into areas that they don't want. And so, you know, Israelis in that, in that area, I mean, I don't know that they care that you're there. They even want you there, you know, outside of your, you you know, the money that you spend and the money that they generate through tourism. Mm -hmm. And and it feels that way. Like you don't, you know, like it feels like they don't want you there, but you go into like these Palestinian areas or you deal with Palestinians in that, in that, in that place. And just, you know, a cultural thing for them is just hospitality, you know? Um, and, and they treat you so well and, and you feel like they want you there. And, and so that's that's one thing that you can definitely recognize if you pay attention to it. But then you just kind of see the situation that they're in. Um and I you know this is this doesn't sound nice and 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 I'm you know I just want to give like the reality of the situation but like we're there one night you know staying in Tiberius which is on the Sea of Galilee and the Sea of Galilee is it's nine miles across and eleven miles long. Okay, so once again, nothing. It's it's oh. not big. It's this place that you hear of in the Bible, and you hear of storms coming in and Jesus walking on water, and you know the boats, you know that were on that, and kind of what happened. And you just you think, oh my goodness, it's you know it's this scary, huge, terrifying place. It's it's a it's a it's a lake. It's not even as big as the Great Lakes, like one right. of the Great Lakes. Like it's not it's not big at all. You know, and, and, and so you're, you're there in this place. We're staying in a hotel, middle of the night, jet flies over. Um, you, I mean, just low, you don't know what's going on. The next morning we get up, we start checking the, checking the news feeds and an Israeli jets fly into Damascus 30 miles away and they bomb, you know, a building that there's a bad guy there. Um, and that happens and you think, oh man, that's, that's terrible. But then you start, I mean, you, we know in Syria right now, it's an absolute chaos, you know, has been for a long time. Yeah. And so they have no way of like really protecting their border or having any kind of, you know, military influence, especially in a nation that's supported so well by, by outside forces in the U S especially, and people ask, well, what would you compare Israel to? And this sounds terrible. Is I would compare it to Russia. You know, Russia, what are they doing right now to Ukraine? 
that they want to take it over. Yeah. And we say, shame on you, bad Russia. You know, how can you do this? How can you, how can you come into this nation and take it over? And, you know, you, you're, you're fed through the media, you know, this idea of what's happening. And I'm not, I'm not promoting Russia or what they're doing, but here's, here's what I'm saying. Like we went up to, um, we went up to Mount Hermon, uh, which is the largest mountain in that area. You know, we went up the next day after those jets flew over. And again, we're 30 miles from Damascus, but we're in occupied Syria when we're there, which means the Israelis, because Syria has no way to, to, to fight back, have moved into Syria and put up their own border and said, we're going to take this. Yeah. And so they move in, they, they build the infrastructure up, they build cities and, and they do this and they're occupying. And they've done this all essentially in the past decade or so. I mean, it's all, yeah. I mean, you know, the, these, these things that we've heard about and things that are going on. Yes. I mean, it's all like, this is recent history that this has happened. I can't give you specific dates on, you know, when, but they go in, they reinforce it. A lot of, Wars back and forth or, or battles back and forth have gone on, but, but Israel has occupied this part of Syria. They've taken the border all the way up to, you know, like I say, within 30 miles of Damascus and said, this is ours. What did Russia, what did Russia do? They've moved into Ukraine and said, this is ours. Okay. Go, you know, to the, the east of there. Okay. And you have Lebanon. Okay. Now Lebanon is not a good place. But for the first time, because they just opened it in the last few months, we took the bus into occupied Lebanon, you know, where Israel has said, now this is ours. We're going to take this. And a lot of war battles and things have happened there. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a place that's constantly at war. And they've said, this is ours. We're taking this. There's nothing you can do about it. And Lebanon can't. They can't fight against Israel, you know, who's supported again by the U.S. mainly. You know, they get all the supplies and things they need and and they can come up with their own stuff pretty good too. I mean, they're, they're, they're not hurting. They're first world. I oh, mean, yeah. they're not, they're 100%. not third world. They're not struggling. You know, they, yeah. they're, they're doing very well. And so we go into occupied Lebanon you can look and we're looking at Lebanon cities, towns. You can see them from the place where we were standing, checking this out. And so very much like Russia in that sense, they just said that we want this. They fought for it. They took it. And because the U.S. backs it, well, one thing, you're not going to hear anything negative from a U.S. media standpoint about what they're doing because we support them and nobody's going to like say, oh, shame on you. I mean, Russia has said shame on you. Don't do this. But again, Russia's the bad guys, you know, quote unquote, maybe, right. you know, who knows in the scheme of things as we, if we want to go down the rabbit hole of like who's right and who's wrong, like this nation, the United States, in a lot of ways, and how we've had our hand in, you know, national, or, or not national, but global affairs is, pro I mean, it's not good. I mean, the Korean War, Vietnam, you know, how are those things okay or good? You know, I mean, yes. presidents. And yeah, you, you, you it, we can make it. We can write the history books that say it, it's good, and we were trying to do the right thing, but was it good for the people living there? <sighs> How are we to know that, you know? To a degree, you can see some of the things that are good, but there's absolutely a lot of bad that happens within that too. And so, you know, you 
that's how Israel has this carte blanche, you know, ability to just kind of go do whatever they want to do. And so going back to the question that you had originally asked that you're seeing is much bigger topic than we could even begin to discuss here. You have these Palestinians that are moved into these areas, and and so now there's three tiers of areas, okay? There's A, B, and C Palestinian areas, okay? Here's what I mean. C, Israel controls those areas. C, Palestine, C, Israel is there. They have checkpoints. They have borders. They're enforcing all these things. And so Palestinians can move in those areas, but you're going through checkpoints and they're going to check you and they're going to do all these things. And, 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 and really, like, you don't have any freedom within that. Think about now where Palestine is. You have, you have Palestine that's over close to Jordan and then you have Palestine that's down on the Gaza Strip. They're separated, so they have right. no connection between each other, okay? And so how are they supposed to get supplies in and out how are they supposed to have any free markets of their own it's it all has to go through israel so israel has complete control over these areas and the people living in there okay then you have b which is a little more palestinian but it's still israeli controlled and then you have a areas which are palestinian governed okay so you have palestinian government they enforce the laws there okay but but they're completely circled by Israel and really have no rights outside of that and going in and out you go through these checkpoints I mean at one point we go into we go into Bethlehem which is a Palestinian a area and there's signs as you go in go in at your own risk it's dangerous you know you could get hurt and it's this warning sign from the Israeli government that says oh bad bad don't go and you go in this area and you know you're, you're kind of like, oh, is this is this okay? And a lot of trips that go to Israel will stay completely out of those areas because of that, because the Israeli government and- controls the the you know what you hear and what you see and what you think about these things. It was awesome, the best and most fun meal we had of the whole trip was in Bethlehem, a Palestinian, completely Palestinian controlled. At no point did I feel unsafe. We go in. We sit down, and our driver, at that point, Mark had went on to another trip. It was like the last day, had went on to another trip, and so it's just us and the driver. The driver's the only one that's from that area. What's his name again? Rami. Rami. He's awesome, dude. I'll, I'll talk more about Rami. Um, but, but we go I, in this. I think we're going to have to have an episode, too, on Is it? This. Are we already getting kind of past time here? We're, we're getting close. Okay. We're at 54 <laughs> minutes. Oh, yeah. We, we are going to have to have an episode, too, yeah. next yeah. week. Well, we will. We will. Would I have a member where we jumped off here? But but anyway, yeah, talk about Rami again. So so Rami takes us to a place that he knows, a restaurant there. We go in. He's like, you want to do it like authentic Palestinian meal? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's our last day. You know what? If we don't like it, we don't have to eat that much. Dude, so they come out and they give you um, this bread that's awesome. They make it in in that place. And it's like just flatbread. It's just, it's like a pita bread type thing. Sure. Okay. So you, you take, they give you this bread, a pile of bread, and then they give you all these different dips, like five or six different kinds of stuff that you can put on, dip this bread. And this is how, now that he, I'm guessing chipotle sauce is not a part of that, correct? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff like that though. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. hot, there's spicy, you got the there's spices and-, and the hummus there. I don't like hummus in the U.S., but hummus there. It's oh, authentic hummus, way better. It's the real deal. Way better. Olive oil produced in that nation, like 
you know, it's it's an awesome. It, it's awesome. You can put it on your salad. Just olive oil on a salad, phenomenal. I heard they uh, put it in babies' bottles. There, olive oil. The, I'm maybe I don't know. I'm that, completely making that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would eat it. You know, but um, we go there. All these dips, and then they bring out um, falafel, which is essentially like some kind of bean that they they ball up and then fry, and and it's good. Um, and then all this stuff and it's probably the best meal, but we're sitting there. These guys are making this food. We're the only group in there. Nobody else is in there. They're making us all this food. They're coming. They're talking to us. They're hanging out with us. It, it was such a blessing that last day, just spending time there, like in that area and being there. And so it's amazing what a single meal with ingredients that you would not think of to be good here in America and just being around people, yes, in a holy place. And again, like it goes back to what we said in the in the in in the beginning. Like, you know what? The sites were great, and and experiencing the Bible there is is powerful. It's meaningful. It's special. It always comes back to the people. You know, yeah. people are made in the image of God, and when when we're around people, when we experience new people, when we experience, you know, that environment, like it's a blessing. It is, a, it is a true blessing to be around, you know, that. And so this this is what you have there from a, you know, just a socio-political, you know, idea of, of, of what it is. And, and, and the story begins to unfold of a reality that, that we aren't exposed to because we live in the United States and they want you to believe a certain thing about a type of people. We, we hear Palestine and we hear, and we think bad guys. That's, it's not that simple. Right. It, this is the analogy that Mark used. He said, he said, think of it like you have a dog and every day, you walk by that dog, you kick it, and you kick it, and you kick it, and then one day that dog turns around and bites you. Whose fault? You turn around and say, bad dog, how could you do that? But, but think about what you put that dog through yeah. its entire life. That's, that's what's happening between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And when they fight back, when they try to stand up, we say, shame on you, bad. Is it? Is it bad? It's not as simple as we think it is. And it's not as good and innocent as we think it is. And and what, I mean, it goes back to what we talk about with all the things in the news today. Is it as simple as this, it's this toxic spill that was an accident, you know, in, in, in East Palestine, Ohio? Is it as simple as this spy balloon, you know, going over the United States? Is it as simple as the race issue, you know, black, is there, is there a black and white? And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that from skin color. I'm saying, is there a right? Is there a wrong? Is it as simple when you talk about law enforcement, you know, in this country? Is it as simple when you talk about the military in this country? Is it as simple when you talk about politics in this country? It isn't. And, and, and if we don't open our eyes to the reality of the gray, how much gray and how much that we think is right, that's actually not right, but yet, we feel like because we can kind of we can make the story, we can tell the story, like we can spin it. And there's always two sides. You know, I, how many times 
I've heard people talk in their lives about, you know, divorce or, you know, problems that they've had. And, and you hear one side of the story and you think, oh man, yeah, you're, you're so justified. Horrible what you do. person. Yeah. Yeah. They're horrible. And then you hear the other side and you're thinking, oh, that's not as simple as it was, it sounded from the other side. And, and you have to kind of take and filter through that. It, again, that, that's the way it is, you know, and, and, and I'll just, I'll end with this for, for this, this part of the, this part of, you know, part one of Israel. Yeah, definitely part one. But when we were in Nazareth, um, we got to go visit a church and it was great. And then we got to eat, you know, at this place and, and, um, we had, uh, you know, pretty good, like a, what they consider a sandwich there. And, and then we go and, and one of the things that I'd ask specifically because the last time I went, we'd got to visit a, a Palestinian Christian church. And I just said, Mark, can you take us to one? And it, we had to kind of cancel one of the things that we were going to do, but we canceled that and we went and we visited this church, this, this Palestinian Christian church. And we got to meet the pastor there and his wife. And we go into the sanctuary and, and we just asked like, you know, what is, what is, what is the situation in this church? What, like what's going on? What? And, he, and he begins to talk about how the Christian church is really the enemy of everyone. The Palestinian Christians are the enemy of everyone because Palestinians don't like them because they're not Palestinian. Because the Israelis don't like them either. Yeah, yeah. The Israelis don't like them because they're Palestinian. And Christians don't like them because, you know, they're Palestinian and they're not, you know, Jewish. They're not Jews, okay? And so... They really are just kind of isolate this isolated group trying to spread the gospel message in this in this area to share the gospel to 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 talk about Christ to to promote you know all the things that that we value and that we care about right and they're everybody's enemy in that place and you think about the difficulty of of trying to be a church you know that honors and glorifies God in that you know and having very little to no support and how difficult that ministry is, you know, but again, it goes back to what we talked about one person at a time, you know, and they talk about the stories of, you know, young kids coming and hearing the gospel and, 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 you know, if they decide to give their lives to Christ, they will be disowned by their families because you can't, you can't love Jesus and, and be a Palestinian, you know, you can't, you can't because, again, it's, it's you know, you, you're signing your life away, you know, and then you hope that you can find a job where, you know, if, if you try to go get a Palestinian job, well, they're not going to give it to you because you're a Christian. If you try to go get a job, you know, in Israel, you're not going to get it because you're a Palestinian, you know, and, and, and so even making money, getting married, you know, one of the guys um, that was on the trip with us, another guy that kind of went with this part of the trip. His name is Gabby. And I asked him, I said, you know, just, you're going to get married, blah, 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 blah. And the only chance that he has is through Palestinian Christians. That's the only avenue he has to find a wife because if some woman marries him that's a Palestinian, I mean, it's it's over for her. It's over for them. And they could they could go after him. They could hurt him. Like, And so it's it's not a safe place for them. And yet, 
they're going to follow and live for Christ in that area. And so we got to hear, we got to sing, we got to pray with them. And then afterwards, they're like, come down, we're going we're gonna to give you cake and coffee. And they, and they sat there and they talked about the story. They talked about the struggle and they talked about what Christ is doing. And it, it is beautiful. And it always comes down to, it always comes down to the people. The, the place is awesome. The place is amazing to see. The place brings the Bible alive in a way that you could never experience at any other place in the world. But it's always comes down to the people. Um, and the people are amazing. Yeah. Right on, brother. Right on. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's uh, it's a complicated place. A lot of history, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different viewpoints. Um, but one thing's pretty simple out of all of it, right? God's love's going to shine through no matter yep. what. So, Amen. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Um, yeah. Let's do a part two. Okay. Maybe we can try to get someone else who went on the trip as well. and Absolutely. Maybe get another perspective from it as well. And I don't know. It's interesting as heck to me, man. Yeah. I just think it's cool that you literally walked where Christ walked. 2026, cool. brother. We're going, uh, I already talked to Mark and we're going to, I've got several people that have asked about going and being a part of it and, you know. A lot of people say, well, when I get a little bit older, you know, when I have a little more money, when I, dude, it's not something, you know, that you should wait on. And it was, yeah. you know, even for Emma and I, like for her, like risking, you know, with her job, knowing that like, you know, there's some extra money we're gonna have to pay because, you know, she's gonna be gone for that long, you know, um, and then the trip. I mean, it's $4,000 or more per person. I mean, that's expensive thing to bite, being away from your family for that time. It's a difficult thing, you know, to to, to take into consideration the time of year that, that we have to go a lot of times because the weather is, is really tough. But I'm telling you, man, like from a spiritual, just reinforcing all the things and just kind of building, you know, and, and God kind of pouring into you in that time, like, yeah. It's so valuable. It has so much value to a person's life. I, you know, it it's not a mission trip. So sometimes we, you know, we're not going, we're not serving, but in some ways you are because because the opportunities you have to love and serve and encourage people, even if that's all you do through the small relationship you form while you're there. But then just the perspective that you can gain in being there and the things that you can learn and how you can take that back and and explain that to the bigger church, you know, here in the U.S. That hey, listen, it's even even when we're supporting Israel as a nation, that's not necessarily the right thing, you know, um, and and what that means and be able to have those difficult conversations that we just, we won't have because we think that we know what's right and what's wrong and the reality is it, it probably isn't right, you know, yeah. and so experiencing that, it's just, it, it is, it's, it's a worthwhile thing, something I would highly encourage, like I said, 2026, we're going back, um, it's an opportunity, but it's one that I don't wait. If, if you can go, go because I, it has value to your life in, in, in ways that I can't even explain, yeah. you know, just like my wife said, when she gave Mike a hug, the connection and the relationship <clears throat> that, that has been formed there of someone that, you know, we, we knew Mike, well, we, we knew his story. We've heard it here. I, we talk to him every week, you know, but being in there with him in that time, there's a connection there that will never go away, you know? And so. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's an awesome opportunity, and again, you know, pick and choose who you go with because I think you know there are other people that are trying to promote, you know, certain certain political things that aren't necessarily 
the truth, you know, and, and, sure. and seeing that for what it really is, is, is truly important. I think you're, uh, and I'll, I'll close on this too. I know we're running over time, but I think your story of, you know, going into Bethlehem and eating with people who you were essentially warned against having anything to do with it, it kind of reminded me of my time in Haiti. Um, we had kind of a, an encounter like that too. And I think it gave me a lot of perspective and it yeah. was a very valuable experience. And so I don't know. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Man. I, and, That's and, cool. and doesn't it speak to the, to the bigger issues at hand? It does. It does. There's Get uh, perspective. Absolutely. Don't just buy the lie that, yep. that we're that's being promoted and perpetuated, you know, in this, it's, in this it's amazing how much we buy lies from people we've never met in our lives, right. but because they're a talking head on a TV and they're wearing a suit, it's, it is amazing how much we believe them. Yes. We all yeah. fall into that trap. And, right? and, and let's not like the Holy spirit is absolutely guiding us <clears throat> to the truth, you know, and, and will we be open to hearing and keeping our minds open to what's really going on or are we going to just stick our heads in the sand and just believe whatever just so that we don't have to get involved you know even if getting involved means just having the right perspective and being willing to have the com- the tough conversation when it's presented to us in those one-on-one opportunities we have to share and to love others yeah absolutely episode two will come at you hopefully within the next couple of weeks yeah here. absolutely get another person it. on and I really want to ask you more about like some of the places you visited, some yeah. of the people that you met, and I mean, I, it's just a treasure trove yeah. of, of stuff of it stories is. you can tell. So I, I want to I want to get those stories out on the air. If we have to go in episode threes, whatever, man. I think this is really cool, and I think it's valuable. Well, and, and our, you know, you think you'll have something here in, in Highland County. We we need to hear, man. You think you'll have the opportunity to kind of share these things, and you know, in the I will as sermons go on, I'll find ways to to tell some of these stories and talk about some of these things. But the reality is like this, this podcast gives an opportunity to kind of, you know, talk about the whole thing and focus on it and tell the stories, you know, to where, you know, you can be more comprehensive in, in how you do it instead of, you know, picking and choosing here and here and there. Yeah. And again, at the end of the day, unless you experience it yourself, it just doesn't do justice to, to what it is. Sure so. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll come at you again here soon. Um, Kevin, you want to go ahead and close us in prayer today? Yep. Awesome. Yep. Father, we, uh, we thank you for, um, another day, uh, that we can discuss and talk about you and, and what you're doing and how you love us and, and how you are faithful to us. Even, um, even in all these 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 areas that that maybe we don't see you always, and and so I just pray that you continue to just give us perspective to to teach us and mold us to encourage and love us, so that that out of the overflow of the relationship we have with you, we can go and serve the world um, in 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 faith and and commitment and trust uh, to you, God. I just pray that um, you open doors for us to do that. Um, Lord, that, that you bring people in our lives, um, that we can, uh, be discipled and disciple, uh, Lord, that, that you give us opportunities to share who you are and what you mean to us and spread, you know, the gospel message, the hope of Jesus, uh, the hope of, you know, the world that we would like to see, the world that we would like to have, the world we would like to be a part of will probably never, 
will never um, be experienced uh, in the world that we live, but one day we'll have that with you uh, in eternity, God, and we look forward to that day, and until then, we serve you uh, with everything we have. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Kevin, thanks for uh, doing this today. We'll come at you again here soon, folks. Kevin, any parting words? Shalom. Shalom. What does that even mean again? Peace. Peace. Yeah. Be with you. Peace be with you. Sweet. All right. Shalom, everybody. We'll see you next time.